Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to the 10th edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Keenan Bonner and Sean Sheets. Hopefully you've had the chance to check out the special episode we released with Tony Orlando from That's My Boy earlier this week. But today the match that we'll be discussing is 2005's The 40-Year-Old Virgin up against 2004's Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. How's everyone doing? Okay, we got two Titans up against each other this week. We have. Nice to have the two uh, back-to-back years as well. So when we do Sign of the Times, then you can see how things have changed over the two years. Mm. So we, we'll open with Anchorman, 2004, and then we'll go into 2005 after 40-Year-Old Virgin, if that is okay with everyone. Sound. Yeah. All yeah. right, so Anchorman. Ron Burgundy is San Diego's top-rated newsman in the male-dominated broadcasting of the 1970s. But that's all about to change for Ron and his cronies when an ambitious woman is hired as a new anchor. There you go. Sets the scene nicely. That sounds a ridiculous premise, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, I was just thinking as I started watching it last night, I was thinking, this is just a ridiculous idea. Well, wait till you see the critics' reviews. Some some agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) So, back in 2004, Britney Spears married high school friend Jason Alexander for nearly an entire weekend, 55 hours. (laughs) Janet Jackson's right breast was semi-exposed by Justin Timberlake during 2004's Super Bowl halftime show where they sang his Rock Your Body. Iconic. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. I've got a couple to rattle through here, so if... uh, you don't mind holding your tongue while I get through them and then we'll discuss as uh, one bishop said to the other. <laughs> yeah, and Burn by Usher, This Love and She Will Be Loved by Maroon 5, Hey Ya yeah and Roses by Outcast, Kanye and Jamie Foxx and Twister with Slow Jams, Dirt Off Your Shoulder by Jay-Z, White Flag by Dido, Leave Get Out by Jojo, Fuck You Right Back by Eamon, Hotel by Cassidy and R. Kelly, Toxic by Britney Spears, Jesus Walks by Kanye, It's My Life by No Doubt, and Milkshake by Kelis were all in the Billboard Top 50. Some big songs in there. Huge year. Uh, the New England Patriots took over the Vince Lombardi Trophy in the Super Bowl. <laughs> A 9.0 magnitude earthquake caused tsunamis that killed over 150,000 people from Thailand to Somalia and shook the world to its core, quite literally. Sheesh. Lost premiered on TV. And in terms of number ones on the box office in America, you had Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, 51st Dates, Passion of the Christ, Man on Fire, Mean Girls, Dodgeball, Spider-Man 2, Prisoner of Azkaban, iRobot, The Incredibles, and The Grudge. So they all went number one. Blimey. Big year. Lost was on Channel 4, wasn't it? Jesus, what's happened there? You've done an AJ. You've got your mic in your mouth. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I, I briefly watched. I briefly watched it for about ten. No, probably not even ten. What yeah, that, I first coming on. Lost. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. You're gonna have to move your mic a little bit. I'm afraid. 
going to blow everyone's ears away. There's nowhere else I can move it. There is. It was fine before we started recording the podcast. I, don't, I hate doing this on air. But I feel like I have to. It's not a game of inches. It's not moved anywhere else. You'll have to edit it out. I can't edit out loudness. <laughs> go a little further away and you'll be sound because you do sound crystal clear otherwise. Dodgeball, in fact, that's a good little segue. So we do have an interview with Chris Williams from Dodgeball who played Dwight dropping next Wednesday. So that's the only place you're going to hear a story about Vince Vaughn and a strip club. So listen out for that one. Critics reviews then for Anchorman. By no means a great movie, but I not only understand why some people love it, I think I'm even beginning to love it a little myself. <laughs> like a Saturday Night Live skit that got out of hand, a good idea that kept going and going, but never quite gelled into a story. Takes I agree the first half of that. Yeah. <laughs> Takes a joke and runs with it, sometimes too far, but usually long enough to wear you down and force you to submit to its craziness. So funny that you won't care it has no real plot, but boasts more bad wigs than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> My favourite one, this is ideal Friday night fodder if you're in the mood. <laughs> yeah, that probably is true. <laughs> um, Anchorman has a good-natured attitude to go along with its hit-or-miss jokes, and Farrell's willingness to humiliate himself for a laugh should count for something. Couple yeah. more. Humiliate himself seems harsh. <laughs> Generally funny, but for the first half hour, it's hilarious. Mm. We do have the critical one. Aim squarely at the open mouth breathers who turn Dumb and Dumber and Big Daddy into hits. <laughs> uh, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> they take, take that literally. They might like Dumb and Dumber so much as well. <laughs> Not since last year's old school have I actually laughed afterward at a film's gags, remembering each one as if seeing it for the first time. And finally, screenwriters Will Ferrell and Adam McKay have brought us a twisted tribute to sexual harassment. <laughs> there you good go. Old, Mixed reviews from the Christmas. <laughs> good old days, eh? <laughs> I've got trivia then before we kind of get into what we think of the film and all of that, because I'm not sure if we'll have mixed feelings here or not. But as you can probably tell with this one, many of the actors and actresses were good at improvisation. They would sometimes do up to 20 different versions of reaction lines, trying out the first thing that popped into their heads. The film had been pitched to DreamWorks almost 20 times before, but following the success of Old School and Elf, they had uh, no more doubt in Will Ferrell and Alan McKay. The only doubt they did have was whether they could pull off an entire film based on news anchors but then it went on to make 84 million domestically. Adam McKay had so much extra footage, he would have been able to make a second film out of it. Jeez. <laughs> but they did sort of, didn't they? There's another version of it. Um, it used to be on YouTube. It's, there's like four, it's like five or six scenes of difference. So they did have another version of the film oh, 30 years ago. All right. Because um, they filmed, they had that much footage. Um, but the ending slightly different. I can't. I can't, it might be the untold legend of one day when it's called. Um, and it was on YouTube for a while. Well, let's say uh, co-writer and director Adam McKay 
I said that in the first draft of the script, the story was about a plane load of news anchors who crash in the mountains and discover that the plane which they collided with was carrying monkeys and martial arts equipment, leading to a battle between cannibalistic newsmen and star-throwing monkeys. <laughs> so just a little tweak to the script then. <laughs> <laughs> just going off slightly. Uh, Amy Poehler ha- had a whole character in the movie that was cut out. So I don't know what she did. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, John C. Riley was offered a role, but turned it down because he was filming The Aviator. He says he regrets the decision, and so was cast in a cameo in the sequel. Not quite the same, is it? No, so the, the original news team had some changes. So it was originally going to have John C. Riley as champ, Ben Stiller as Brian Fantana, and uh, Alec Baldwin was going to be the head of a rival news team. I wonder if he would have stolen the Vince Vaughn role. They made it out as if it was like a separate news team, so I don't know if it was for the original one where there's several different news anchors or if it was just... Okay, we just have another anchor there. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? If we go into the categories then, so... Rewatchability, how rewatchable do you think this is? Very rewatchable, I thought. Yeah. Perfect. It's literally bang on an hour and 30, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Easy watch. Probably yeah. the film... This or Dumb and Dumb is probably... The, the, probably the two films I've seen the most out of our whole bracket. And Perfect film for in the background as well. You don't really have to focus on it. <laughs> just on it. You can hear... See the odd scene coming up or hear the odd quote and know that like, the yeah. big joke's about to come, so you've yeah. then you focus and then it, go back to it, what you're doing. Per, yeah, perfect description. Like, Although, like, imagine if you'd never seen it and you did that. You'd just be looking up every so often thinking, what is going <laughs> on here? Yeah. Well, once you've seen it once and you've watched it properly, like the critics say, like, perfect Friday night fodder, if you're in the mood, you could be doing anything. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you can just stop and get to certain bits and be like, I'm just going to watch this for five and then carry on and just, or even just hearing certain moments I, don't, I think you could watch this you could you could just listen to 90% of this film and it'd just be <laughs> unbelievable like the visual gags some of them are quite funny but for the most part it, like this you said in the trivia about the improv no, yeah. the dialogue that makes this an unreal film I think the film I've seen most in the bracket is probably Harold and Kumar and I don't think it's the best in the bracket but probably one I've seen the most times and it's what we're discussing next week oh, nice Smooth that. Yeah. In terms of quotes then, and I usually do just kind of let us go, but I feel like if I do where I say anymore for any more, then we could be, be here all night. Do you know what? <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier. Do you know in like three or four different episodes, three or four different episodes, we've described one film as the whole film being quotable. Yeah. I think this film is actually the, it's like that, that's perfect for this. Like this whole film, from the beginning voiceover to to the end, it got you could go through and pick out pick out a line. Like, that's the perfect description. This is just one film. We referenced film. on a couple that this was like the right age for all of us. In that, or well, I don't know if it was all different age groups as well, but there would be at least three, four times a year sat at school where it would just turn into a group of lads quoting the entire film. Yeah. Most well, everyone yeah. still laughs the exact same as if they've never heard it just because someone new is quoting that each time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to kick us off here, you can roll with it. 
Keenan. Okay. Uh, just top, just top of the head. Um, go back to your home on Hawk Hawk Island. Um, <laughs> you, you've got you've got a dirty mouth. Um, Punch you in the ovaries became a huge thing, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that whole little segment went. I'm gonna punch you in the ovary. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> a straight shot. Ooh, ow. Right to the baby maker. <laughs> when, they have, when they have the argument, um, I'm kind of a big deal. I've got yeah. many, many leather-bound books. <laughs> Hello, rich mahogany. Yeah. That that was a that was a massive crime. You think that's like yeah. one of the most yeah. obscure things to get said, and yet people constantly said it. I think like forty percent of. 40% of Twitter ads an Anchorman quote as their like, first bio. Yeah, yeah. The Rich Mahogany, weirdly, was probably one of the more popular. Yeah, most definitely. Um, one of my favourite ones is the bit where they're doing the the intros to the news team uh, and it goes to Brian Fantana and then it's quite a long one, but where he says, I know what you're asking yourself. The answer is yes, I have a nickname for my penis. It's called the Octagon. People call me the Bry Man. I'm the stylish one of the group. I know what you're asking yourself, and the answer is yes. I have a nickname for my penis. It's called the Octagon, but I also nickname my testes. My left one is James Westfall, and my right one is Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. You ladies play your cards right, you just might get to meet the whole gang. And then <laughs> I also nickname my testes. Left one is James Westfall, right one is Dr. Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. You ladies play your card right, you get, might get to meet the whole gang. <laughs> And it works perfectly that Paul Rudd is playing that character as well. Yeah. <laughs> we got somewhat of a Paul Rudd derby today. We have, yeah. yeah. True. Takes, takes a perfect shot. And see for out. Yeah. Well, Brick, Brick saying, uh, I read somewhere their periods attract bears. The bears can spell menstruation. And then <laughs> just topped off by Brian Fantana saying, well, that's just great. You hear that, Ed? Bears. Now you're putting <laughs> the whole stage in it, Jeffrey. <laughs> I always talk in that scene, even though it's, it's, it's like wildly sexist, where Champ just shouts, it's Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. And that is scientific fact. It's just something sort of about having a smaller brain somewhere in there as well. 60% of the time, it works every time. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yep, it's made with bits of real panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's a formidable scent. <laughs> it stings the nostrils. In a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Well, let's go see if we can make this little kitty purr. Yeah, yeah that's one of the classic ones. And when he puts it on, one of the news station employees said it smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> yeah. Someone else says, um, let's, see if we can get a... this kitty. let's see if we can get this kitty purring. He <laughs> <laughs> says it smells like a turd covered in burnt hair. <laughs> I think I think the one that says that is um, Judd Apatow. Oh, is it? Oh, I read something about him, but saying one of the quotes, but if it's not him, then it's someone similar. Just because I'm a bit of a sucker for a, for a voiceover, especially when it's that like deep, get like a deep, like a deep, <laughs> like old style voice. Um, right at the start, he says he's talking about Ron Burgundy. He says that he had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr and suit so <laughs> fine. He, he made Sinatra look like a hobo. 
<laughs> well, right from the start, the opening title card says the following is based on actual events. Only the names, locations of, and events have been changed. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one as well. Uh, uh, Rick Tamlin getting his chat up long one. Uh, I'd yeah. like to extend. I would like to extend you an invitation to the, the parents' party. The, 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 the parents' party, and then when she, the, when she corrects him, he's she's like, "Oh, are you saying there's a party in your pants and I'm invited?" Um, milk was a bad choice. <laughs> that made me laugh yesterday. I remember Some, people saying that all the time when it was warm outside. Something that. I either just didn't remember or I hadn't really paid attention to was um, Ed Harkin when he's on the phone each time and his son's doing something. The first time it says... Uh, it's so good. Yeah, I've no idea where we'd have got a hold of geopornography, but you and I, Monsieur Haddles, we've seen our fair... Sh- oh, uh, you never have, of course. Um, no, and neither have I. See you soon, uh, Sister Margaret. <laughs> and it says, uh, apparently my son was on something called acid and was shooting a bow and arrow into a crowd. I you know what kids are like. <laughs> yeah, he says... Uh, Put down the gun and let the marching band go. We'll play it off as a prank. <laughs> <laughs> Those little bits are so good. This is a, like a weird one, but it always makes me laugh. It's just after, uh, after he's just, oh, also, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just meant, but when he walks in the street afterwards, he's getting all the abuse. I don't know if it's because it, it's like dubbed so badly across the little girl, but when she says, you're a bad man, Mr. Burgundy, and like her voice, her lips move like, a second out with, with the audio. <laughs> Even after he said it differently when he's walking off and he said, good hustle, good hustle, when he's walking off after saying it. And then I forgot the guy's name, but he's like crying. Why would you say that, Ron Burgundy? Why would you say that? <laughs> you were my hero. Yeah. Um, he says, if I gave you some money from my wallet now, would that make things better? Um, when he speaks, to, when he, the conversations with the dog, um, the facts of the dog, Make me walk. Uh, Baxter, is that you? Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, you ate a whole wheel. You ate a whole wheel of cheese and poop in the fridge. Um, I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. On the phone one time, he says, "Is that you or Wilt Chamberlain?" Which is <laughs> yeah. an odd name. To <laughs> so good. I suppose if it's a film based in the seventies, Wilt still would have been pretty big. Yeah, when he's defending himself, he says, uh, I'm a man who discovered the wheel and built the Eiffel Tower out of metal and brawn. That's the kind of man I am. You're just a woman <laughs> with a small brain, a brain a third the size of us. It's science. <laughs> there was one lad I went to school with, and we used to shout this at each other all the time, but I'm in a glass case of emotion. Ron, ah! where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I don't not I'm not even sure why, but we used to like we just used to shout at each other. <laughs> um, I think when when you're fifteen that whole scene where he's trapped it raising the phone box is unbelievable. Um what? Cha- sorry. I was gonna say when he's got a, a rod on and he's saying it's the police. It's an optical illusion, it's the pattern on the pants, and it's not flattering the crotchal region. Don't act like you're not impressed as he walks away. Yeah. <laughs> A big one for uh, like memes is that where he says that escalated quickly after the fight. Cause that was yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. At the time. And still is now. <laughs> you, you killed a guy. For, uh, I killed someone. Yep. Yeah, Rick killed a guy for the trident. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he says uh, you should look for a safe house. I'm pretty sure you're wanted. <laughs> um, just just a little one that, that just used to kill me, and I just don't, don't know why. But it's just just one of them where now that you think about it, it's definitely. Just a line that they've let Will Ferrell keep. He's by the hymen of Olivia Newton-John. 
by Odin's Raven and stuff. But, like, there was little reaction lines here and right The Human Torch was done on a bank loan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, if you want to throw it out fisticuffs, fine. I've got Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary waiting for you right here. <laughs> um, Champ's introduction. Um, I'm all about having fun, you know. Get a couple of cocktails in me, start a fire in someone's kitchen. Um, Are you going to give us a whammy? Maybe later on. <laughs> need, some, need some practice for the voice start. So I bought the was up the other week. <laughs> Come back uh, the other. When he says about uh, San Diego, it was, like they do, they were dis- it was discovered by the Germans in 1904. Which of course, <laughs> German means a Wales vagina. <laughs> um, who corrected it, him and him just being like we'll agree to disagree <laughs> you yeah. can't accept that you've got this wrong I think the last one I had was uh, Champ saying to Wes Mantooth I'll smash your face into a car windshield and take your mother Dorothy Mantooth out for a nice seafood dinner what are you doing on our station's turf Burgundy you're about to get a serious beat down I will smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. Dorothy Mantooth is a state. You understand me? Dorothy Mantooth is a state. Hey, leave the mothers out of this, all right? I'll never call her again. (laughs) I'm just wrong saying Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Brick's introduction to the film is always perfect. People seem to like me because I'm polite and I'm rarely late. I like to eat ice cream and I really enjoy a nice pair of slacks. Uh, years <laughs> later, a doctor will tell me and I have an IQ of 48 and I'm what some people call mentally retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Him saying he ate fiberglass insulation. <laughs> His stomach's itchy. <laughs> My stomach's itchy. <laughs> uh, Cr- crazy how much in this time period he used, re- he used to wear retard was just freely yeah. out there. <laughs> Think about yeah, but think think of when this would be set. Like they got quite, it's, it's probably a good thing now because it means that it's still somewhat watchable. But they go quite light on the slurs. Yeah, like, yeah. For, for what you imagine from like, other films that were made, for films that were made in the seventies, um, and, and like the stuff that was on TV and the stuff that was being written, they go quite light on it. Um, when they yeah, I wouldn't regard it as a particularly controversial film for all the yeah. funniest well, that happens. A year later, we've got a whole bunch of quips where it's essentially "you're gay because." Which <laughs> yeah. True, true. Yeah. Um, but they do go. It's probably like I say, it's a good in in hindsight. It's been there at the time. At the time, they could have gone. They could have really steered into it and be like, like obviously that one review said, oh, I said they take us for an intro, a take on. Um, it's a take on sexual harassment. Um, yeah. They could have really ran into that. Um, they, they could have done anything really, and it was just not half. It was the 70s. Well, Ron Burgundy says, uh, I could be wrong, but I believe diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. Yeah, and then he says, why, <laughs> why, why would the network be complaining about a lack of an old, old wooden ship? <laughs> Brick saying, hey, Ron, I'm riding a ferry tractor when he's on the bear. That's so good. It was like uh, when Champ gets drunk, he's like, when this is all over, we should just get a face together. Um, <laughs> and just, I'll make waffles. <laughs> then he, he replies and he says, like, I think you just need to talk less. Yeah, he's just like, I think you're done now. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, jo- jogging. Is, uh, so me and, yeah. and then try this new thing. 
jogging or yogging. I, I, do, I think the J <laughs> might be silent. <laughs> the mask in Britain, why he's got a, where, where'd you get a hand grenade? <laughs> I, I know we're going to come on to it for that fight scene. Um, Ben's still running down the stairs and shouting, Buenos Noches, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that he still got his cameo, even though that he, he wasn't one of the main characters. Agreed. I wonder what he, wonder what he was doing instead. Mm. Might have been Meet the Fuckers 2004. Um, well, Dodgeball comes out a year later, so it's probably being filmed at the same time. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Or at least was in production, so yeah. we might be putting some things together. Any any more for any more before we uh, carry on? When she does end up in the bear pit, they're all obviously having this conversation with where they're basically saying, don't go and get her. There's a network <laughs> news guy. And then I think it's um, Brian goes, God does not want her to live. <laughs> Luke Wilson, when he loses his second arm, and he just goes, this is getting something goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> He's a weird one to have a cameo. When you think every review of old school essentially just says how unnecessary he is, and then he still gets a little cameo here. I think they must just like him, though. Yeah, they yeah, must. Sure. He, he seems to be, like, he just seems to be a, a good guy to work with. Because um, he pop, does pop up in some stuff. Well, we have, when we spoke with Tony, and he was saying how Adam Sandler always has his boys there because he goes out to bat for him and he insists that they're in the film with him. Yeah, it seems that not many other actors go out to bat for their boys. I wonder, but <laughs> how, how many other? I don't know whether it's a willing, a willing like not not being willing to, or how many others do you really think have the pull to be able to do it? Like, yeah, exactly. Be, like some actors get cast and they play their bit. If you're Sandler or Will Ferrell, you're probably a big enough, especially Adam Sandler. Like, like when we were talking to Tony, he said he's made his bit. I don't know if it's true, but he said his movies have grossed three billion internationally you know he's a big Tony says it is true yeah he's my guy for the rest of my for the rest of my <laughs> days um, but like if, if, if you know you're going to make money if he wants you to chuck David Spade a 10 minute cameo and pay him X you probably should be like yeah whatever you want have him. let's just keep you happy so you, <laughs> you, like, you put the work in but I don't think there's many other people who've got the ability to do that no should we go on to the best moments or scenes yeah, I yeah. think the fight scene is going to be an overriding. <laughs> Easy winner, surely. <laughs> um, other scenes that are just amazing, the scene with Jack Black. Um, yeah. Oh, when, when he boots that dog in the river. Is... <laughs> it's just another one of those things, like with the bad dubbing. And I don't know if they've done it on purpose, because there's enough of it that it's either really bad, it's really bad just because it's bad, or it's like a throwback to old films. Like when he beats that dog, it's the most obvious like teddy, like dog teddy in the world. Like <laughs> it just goes completely like you can see that even it's in the air, it's made out of cotton. Um, so I don't know if it's like a throwback to films from the seventies or if they just they didn't know it was or if they just couldn't be asked to change it. Well, there's all the outtakes in there of him struggling to boot it over. He keeps kicking yeah. it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> what other scenes? If if you were to take that scene out of it, so. What other scenes would you say are the more memorable? Strange, they do revolve around fighting. Him fighting Veronica <laughs> is is hilarious. Yeah, that, when she hits him with the aerial, it's. 
Like, well, I, you're I, straight from what is it like a photocopier first to set the <laughs> set the tone. <laughs> Even with just Brian and Champ holding the rest of the workforce back, saying no, no, let them fall out between them. It's between them. <laughs> um, I guess the whole opening scene is pretty special. Yeah, we're just introducing all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the opening is like the, the narrator and then their, their talk. Um, I know it's a quote, so I was just thinking that you've mentioned it. There's a bit where Brian and uh, Ron are speaking, and he's like, this is the life, man. And he just goes, yeah, we've been coming for the, to the same party for 12 years, and that is in no way depressing. Um, <laughs> just that makes, makes me laugh. The, the what about the jazz flute? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with no one caring about him stomping on everyone's table and food everybody playing. actually loving it just cheering him on <laughs> more importantly that lad who's trying to have a shit and he just he just pops his head under the door <laughs> <laughs> um, even just him pretending he doesn't know what's going on and then just pulling it straight out of his pocket I, I, I partly wants to try and do the accent of the guy who owns it but I'm not going to so I think it would just be very bad and it would be incredibly offensive you set a high bar too you don't want to go back on that no, I think I've got it. I've definitely got it in the locker, but I just I think it would be more offensive than than, than, any, than anything else. Um, but when he's like he's like Mr. Burgundy's my friend, and he's like my best friend. <laughs> Ron's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something I just I missed before. I don't know if you've seen like the uncut version of this, but one of the quotes from Champ where he says, uh, "Tell me about it. I woke up this morning. I shit a squirrel. I mean, literally, hell of it." <laughs> Damn things to their lives. So, like, the shit goes squirrel down there in my office, and I don't know what to name it. <laughs> <laughs> I do, in the actual version, he says that I woke up this morning in a Japanese family's record. Yeah. Not stop screaming. Other than scenes, it kind of is one of them that we've spoken about before, where it's a bunch of skits held together by somewhat of a plot. Uh, as a like as an ending, uh, I, I quite like as Vince Vaughn pulls him out of the ladder and he just says, "Look, I hate, I hate you, Ron Burgundy, but God, don't don't I respect you?" It's quite a nice <laughs> ending um, to to tie it all together. I have for scene. I've got like the my two favourite scenes were probably the newsroom fight and then also the cologne scene where they where he opens it and then they talk <laughs> to and that whole <laughs> thing that leads Actually, up to it. Forgetting it. Just forgetting the, the cologne scene, I just it kills me every time. It's when they just take him outside and hose him down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Who would you say is the best side character? <sighs> That's tough. I'm not sure on this one because I don't know about you. I would essentially class anyone outside of Ron Burgundy as a side character. I would say Veronica's in it. Is too important to the story to be a side character. Yeah, okay. So outside of those two, pretty much everyone is probably a side character. I wasn't sure if we were counting like the whole crew as. Yeah, even the news crew is quite prominent. The news crew are quite prominent, isn't it? If you take them out, it's my man, where's Mantooth? Which is a great name, also. (laughs) It is, or Ed Harkin. Ed Harkin would be my my shout. So I included the three as. I included the news team as a. Um, as a side character, so I feel like I feel like Brick Tamlin is people's favourite, but Brian Fontana and Champ uh, are mine. I probably give the edge to Champ. Just like every time he's in it, it kills me. I'm a Brian man over a Champ man, so there you go. 
if we're not including them, then I think it would be either one of the rival news readers or um, Ed, as we say. I think I'd give it to Ed. All right. That, <laughs> nobody else seems to want to. I, th- so, I, th- I thought you were about to say. <laughs> no, you're the host, Byron. Is that? Yeah, I was. I was teeing it up for someone to come in, so I'd kind of give them my thought. It's usually where we get a keen and uh, add on, but we'll come back to that when we do the judging at the end. I gave you my thoughts. I told you it should it should be champ kind, even if it is just for that. Wham! <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's just for everything he says in that film. I think the other categories then are ones that we're going to do at the end while we're judging it. So if we go on to 40-year-old virgin, so synopsis. Um, <laughs> also, I should just say, best scene, how we haven't mentioned Afternoon Delight, is a travesty. Yeah. yeah we have now. That's <laughs> when they're, it's talking about love, isn't it? That's why it's... Yeah. So then he starts singing. He yeah. says, I love lamp, which we somehow didn't get into. <laughs> <either>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, 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 that was huge. And yeah. uh, loud noises as well. Yeah. I think I had that as my text tone at one point, back when <laughs> I had my phone on loud, ever. So the synopsis of 40-year-old Virgin, goaded by his buddies, a nerdy guy who's never done the deed, in inverted commas, only finds the pressure mounting when he meets a single mother. I could take you back to 2005 then. So you seen what happened in 2004. Come 2005, top it. Our first year in secondary school, if I'm not mistaken. It was. You're right. Arsenal had won the FA Cup and then didn't win anything else for my entire time in secondary school. (laughs) 2005, YouTube had just been invented. Guitar Hero hit shelves for the first time, if you can remember how big that was. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Tom Cruise jumped for joy on Oprah's couch. Kanye West had his first public off-script moment when he said George Bush doesn't care about black people during a Hurricane Katrina tribute. Jude Law publicly apologised for cheating on Sienna Miller with their kid's nanny. <laughs> All I think about Jude Law is the phone shop bit. And chicks love Jude Law. I didn't realise Jude Law cheated on Sienna Miller. Yep. Yeah. With the nanny. She yeah. did with Daniel Craig. I was going to say, that's how they got together, wasn't it? Because she cheated on Daniel Craig. Oh, was it that way around? Yeah, oh, okay. on Daniel Craig with Jude Law whilst they were making Alfie. <laughs> oh, wow. Can't yeah, I, thought, I thought it was the other way around, but now that makes sense. So, in terms of films, you've got Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, tops as the highest grossing film of the year. And then it was kind of a year for fantasy, clearly, because Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, War of the Worlds, King Kong, Wedding Crashes, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, Batman Begins, Madagascar, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith made up the rest of the top ten. You also had Brad Pitt break up with um, Jennifer Aniston and then conveniently couple up with Angelina Jolie who's with him on the Mr. and Mrs. Smith set. So there you go. That's what happens when you put too many attractive people in a room. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's art's going to get broken. Well, we're not doing this podcast in person. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the reason. <laughs> how I Met Your Mother premiered in that happened um, oh, it's just a, I know I'm a teenager but... Demi Moore married Ashton Kutcher good run he goes Ashton Kutcher this must really have been does. around the time of Punk surely yeah you'd imagine so great show what a show that was uh, Matthew McConaughey was crowned the people's sexiest man alive 
Rash decision. <laughs> and finally, uh, a house sparrow knocked down 23,000 dominoes being set up for a world record attempt for the largest domino chain. And in turn, the bird was shot. The shooter was later fined because house sparrows are endangered in the Netherlands. What was he shot? something new <laughs> every day. Yeah, they shot it for knocking down 23,000 dominoes they were setting up, which so, you would understandably be quite annoyed. <laughs> I've never played dominoes, but I can assume it would say... So they're making one of them where you topple them over at once. Yeah, I'd assume so, and it makes the pattern of whatever you've decided. Yeah, yeah. But 20, to assemble 23,000 at any given object, I'm gonna, I feel like it's going to be time. <laughs> but if you need them to be in the correct spaces, I think that's going to be more. It's going to take a lot longer as well. And they're assuming that wasn't the record, so they're then going to have to start from scratch. <laughs> so, the bird argument, he didn't say they killed it, he just said they shot it, so... You have to presume... I don't know what they shot it with, but uh, if, he, if he's being fined, you have to assume that it was, it was with lethal intent. <laughs> well, critics' reviews then, so... The scatological skits are predictably outrageous, but it's the attention to detail that really pays off. The raucous buddy banter is packed with throwaway gem, and Stitzer himself is given a touchingly real personality. On screen, it takes about one minute in the final consummation, but in the case of the 40-year-old virgin film, the audience gets screwed for two hours straight. Not what? the reviewer. There you go. <laughs> One of you's doing a little rustling job, and it's Sean. What a surprise. Ruining the podcast for everyone. <laughs> I can hear the rustling, you clown. Yeah, because you're the one doing it. No, it isn't, man. Jalapatow might have... See, so you put me off now. Jalapatow <laughs> might have been crowned the saviour of American comedy, but the brutal truth is that he peaked with this. His first major hit, sadly, so did Steve Carell. So save it this perfect moment that they shared and scripted together. Was that released at the time? No, well, it's just top critics' reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, so I assume someone's gone back. I wonder when they, I wonder when they wrote it. <laughs> Who knows? Um, an infuriatingly offensive soft porn primer on how to treat girls as objects who exist at the disposal of men. We'd, also, we'd always have a very feminist review on these. There's always a feminist on there, isn't there? <laughs> And you'll have heard this review plenty of times as well over different films. The movie belongs to Carell, who takes a one-joke role and turns him into a three-dimensional human being. There are a lot of one-joke roles. I don't know what people expect in some of these films to have like <laughs> an overly concept comedy. I think from the title... This is, yeah, literally spelled out. You shouldn't be expecting Citizen Kane. Do you know what I mean? Like, you should be, you, I don't know what you go into this thinking, like how complex the film's going to be. It's about a lad who's never, he's never got a bit. Trying to get a bit. No. Something we'll get onto, I'm sure, so we won't discuss it now. If it, if it were 20 minutes shorter, it'd be that much closer to perfect. The mature, gross-out comedy. And on the, tr- on the road to true love, as it turns out, there are a lot of dick jokes and a lot of gay jokes and a lineup of stereotypes. That's true. That is, <laughs> that's life. <laughs> He's so there you go. So he's essentially a teenager, but in a four-year-old body. So it's nature <laughs> somewhat similar. They're just a bunch of teenagers that happen to be visually ten years older. <laughs> There's quite a lot of trivia for this, so I'll run through some of them, and some of them are obviously worth discussing. But the scene in which Andy has his chair, his chest hair removed, 
This required five cameras set up. I my words there. Um, his chest hair was actually ripped out in the scene. I thought, I didn't have any doubt about that, but apparently they were going to do it fake at first, and then Steve Carell said, it's not going to be funny if it's mocked up or a special effect. You have to see that this is really happening. And so they had to do it in one shot. Well, oh, so he wow. actually had that much hair on his chest. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> he's a hairy man. That's horrendous. But it's, it's not even... <laughs> if you have a look when he's wearing short sleeves, what makes what, what kills me more is the amount of hair he's got on his arms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the entire You Know How I Know You're Gay scene was improvised by Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Steve Carell's then 80-year-old parents went to see the film, much to his embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, it's a big tone with a similar story there. Yeah. Um, according to Seth Rogen, Steve Carell was so nervous that the film would be shut down by the studio, he had the writers prepare a backup version of the script that didn't contain a single word of profanity. I'm not sure that would have worked. <laughs> uh, to prepare for his role as Andy, Steve Carell lost £30. Judd Apatow was originally nervous, saying he didn't think the comedians wanting to look good is ever good for comedy. However, he gradually realised that Carell being ripped, which is generous, was a good idea as it helped establish that Andy was only a virgin because he's shy and nervous, not because of his looks. I can see the point. Uh, yeah, it did make sense to me. He's not a bad, but, he's not an No, but it's like you casting Jonah Hill and Superbad in this role wouldn't have yeah. made quite as much sense. It does make a little pop-up coming up. Yep. I've got a bit of trivia on him as well, which we're coming on to. Okay. Um, the We Sell Your Stuff on eBay store was a real store, and so it was just written into the script because of the location they were filming in. That's incredible that someone actually had that yeah. business idea. <laughs> For God's sake. The counsellor at the health clinic where Andy takes Marla is played by Steve Carell's real-life wife, Nancy Carell. How oh, nice. Judd Apatow had a part written for Jason Segal with the character named Jason, but Apatow couldn't get the studio to approve his casting, and so Apatow advised Jason Segal, because of his unique brand of humour, to consider writing material for himself, because that way he'd definitely get casted. This sent Jason Segal away, and he wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Jeez. What an unbelievable bit of advice. Yep. That's change your life sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, Steve Carell's wife Nancy Carell suggested Jane Lynch for the role of Paula who'd also worked with Carell during their second City days before she got the part it was originally going to be played by a man and the character didn't come on to Andy until the actors came up with that scene during her singing the beautiful old Guatemalan love song because apparently she was just randomly singing this on set anyway what? (laughs) Uh, Jonah Hill got heatstroke filming the final dance <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Second heat stroke we've had on the pod after Jason Biggs and American Pie. Uh, the film ended up being instrumental to making the US version of The Office into a smash. Um, after the show's first season, the producers are worried because Steve Carell's character is coming across as nasty and menacing. So they didn't want that, obviously. And so after seeing his performance here, they asked him if he could channel some of the elements into Michael Scott and make him still a buffoon but more clueless than mean and some genuine skills. Hard to see Steve Carell is menacing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the producers are planning to have a sequel by the name of Knocked Up, 
with almost the exact same cast, but in the end, they released Knocked Up as a separate movie, not related to this one. So it was going to be a sequel initially? Well, I imagine it was going to be a similar concept, but with the cast of this, so I don't know how it was going to work. They just, right, yeah, I get you. Maybe separate as character still, so. I assume they were connected in fairness, but there we go. There's, there's one where they have, they have like a name for it as, I think it's like, Something weird, like the Normal Man's Trilogy or something like that, they called it. So, yeah. Um, second mention for this lady. So, when Andy is home alone watching an adult film, the actress scene is Stormy Daniels. <laughs> if, this might make you heave a bit. So, when Leslie Mann throws up all over Steve Carell, that's actually just her putting a load of yogurt in her mouth and spitting it at him. That's disgusting. With a bit of water in there to thin it down. The American Humane Association withheld its No Animals Were Harmed disclaimer due to the fact that several tropical fish died accidentally during the making of the film. <laughs> I feel like I'm picking it in here. Are you doing construction, Sean? I feel like I can hear a spade coming from you. Scott is. Say, so he's got no respect, has he? No <laughs> respect at all. Uh, this is the first the time. No, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this represents the first time Steve Carell has ever kissed anyone on screen and Haziz so uh, Shelley Malil says dark and cloudy with a chance of a drive-by when referring to Jay arguing, arguing with an African-American smart tech consumer in 2010 Malil was convicted of attempted murder so there you go oh wow is it <laughs> by, by drive-by or <laughs> I don't believe so to date at 116 minutes for the cinematic cut, this is Judd Apatow's shortest directorial effort, which is mental for considering the films he makes. Uh, the unrated cut is 133 minutes. Thinking so that that thing that guy said, they, uh, there's a few instances in there where the, uh, they're funny, but the Indian guys make a couple of references that you think a white actor couldn't do this. They, no. They've got they've got away with on that. What? If we if we do about the the runtime then because this will come on to the rewatchability which is the first one here, so they definitely could have taken about twenty minutes away from this. And I was thinking about where they could take it. If they literally just made it ten dates rather than twenty, you're going to take out a nice portion there and you'll be all good. Yeah, yeah and we're not really interested in seeing them on a date, are we? It's not after the first date. Just you could literally have like a montage, just like yeah. you sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just pick a decent indie, pick a decent indie song from 2005, goes on for three minutes. Chuck, <laughs> chuck a montage over, montage over exactly. the track. And then yeah, you only really need the first and last date, don't you? Yeah. Jobs are good. I uh, also I quite like the ending, but I really need to see um dancing to uh, what's, what's the song House Under the Moon. By, by yeah. Manners, yeah. I do. I really need to see that. Not overly. Um, <laughs> for me, you could sack that as well. If, if we if we do the quotes and we'll kind of break down the film, I imagine as we do the kind of comparisons and the talking points for afterwards. Um, as we said, the whole gay thing. So Cal saying you're gay now, and he said I'm not gay. I'm just celibate. I'm gay for saying that. You know how I know you're gay? How? How do you know I'm gay? Because you macrameed yourself a pair of jean shorts. You know I know you're gay? You just told me you're not sleeping with women anymore. You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are? 
You know how I know you're gay? How? You like Coldplay. Oh, you're dead. You're dead. Oh! Oh! Leave my torso alone. So, I mean, that sounds gay. I just want you to know that this is like the first of three conversations that leads to you being gay. There's this, and then in a year, it's like, you know, I kind of want to get back out there, but I think I like guys. And then it's the whole, oh, yeah, I'm a gay guy now. <laughs> he is right. That is how it starts as well. <laughs> Jay said, you're putting a pussy on a pedestal. Iconic. That made me laugh both times, even when they said it in the, uh, like with the counselor as well, where the guy's like, your, your issue is, man, you put a pussy on a pedestal. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the boner jams 03, all the great scenes I was into in 2003. <laughs> when I watched that, I can imagine it's something that you would have if you were older at that point. VHS compilation. Yeah. Do you start making cassette tapes? So that's the round of possibility. <laughs> when uh, Jill comes in to quiz him about the dating card she says so you actually wrote the one girl like she was hurting for a squirty <laughs> and he's like are you andy uh, yeah. is this yours did, did you, you write this stuff my girlfriend jill found your speed dating card oh yeah right god i've been looking for that speed dating card thank you so much for bringing it to me so you actually wrote that one girl looked like she was hurting for a squirting mm-hmm yeah hurting for a squirting i wrote that oh so you wrote ho for show yeah, I remember that girl. She was a hoe. For show. Yep, yeah, I wrote that. And so you wrote hoe for show. <laughs> yeah, I remember that last girl. She, she was a hoe for show. <laughs> when he says, you should keep your hoe on a leash. You what? are never going to meet anybody with that kind of mentality about women, you sick son of a bitch. Who the, who the fuck are you to put me on trial? I've never even met you. So why don't you back the shit off, all right? And stop with the Inquisition. That's how you talk? You know what? I don't have to answer to you. You ain't my bitch. Know what I'm saying? So shit, man. Fuck it. You shouldn't even be hanging out with this pervert. I don't hang out with him. I work with him, and that's it. I tried to introduce him to a few nice people. He made a fool of himself. I don't mess with him, baby. That's not me. You should keep your hoe on a leash. Oh, bro, I can't, I can't let you... Hey, be, hey, I can't, hey. I can't let you be talking to my hey. mother like that, dog. You know what I'm saying? Bitch is running wild, man. Even the way he says that is so genius. Just like, <laughs> hey, 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 bitch is running wild, man. <laughs> um, um, just one that always kills me is Paul Rudd. He says, if I have to hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he threatens to shoot everyone, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I finally plucked up the carriage to tell you. His whole breakdown is hilarious. <laughs> he's, he's so good at playing a guy having a breakdown. What's he's he got the video with... camera in his hand and he's like, you've been doing a lot of this? Because <laughs> <laughs> you say we're getting a live colonoscopy right now. <laughs> um, Jay watching, I think he's, uh, is it Dawn of the Dead or Night of the, Night of the Living Dead? He's watching and he's just like, yeah. oh, bitch, bitch, get out of the room, bitch, get out of the room. The speed... The speed dating where the the woman says, like, throw a little rouge on you, tuck your sack back. That's <laughs> <laughs> into girls and guys. <laughs> when he has the uh, trans hooker, and he says uh, she had hands as big as Andre the Giants and she had Adam's apple as big as her balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but the whole Kevin Hart and Jay from, from, from the start to, well, from the, yeah. start to the end, like, yeah. I need you to hook I'm going to need you to hook me up with that extended warranty to say the price of on the house. Um, <laughs> and it just yeah, definitely don't do that scene. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't. I, 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 
probably not going to do it. I think it'll be the end of the podcast. <laughs> probably my probably my favourite scene in the film. Probably be the end of you if you did do that. <laughs> yeah. What made me laugh? Another thing that made me laugh as well is like near the start where the where they're playing poker, where obviously it comes out that he's a virgin, where they're talking about the nipples and then <laughs> different descriptions of him. He says National Geographic nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. But I mean, like, detail, though. Does she have, like, you know, them little pink teeny nipples? Oh, yeah. Or, like, or, like the long National Geographic nipples? Long. You have, like, the, the bumpy Braille nipples, the Stevie Wonders? Yeah, they were nice. You know, and, like, you grab a woman's breast, and it's... And you you feel it, and it feels like a bag of sand when you're touching it. Bag of sand? Just picture <laughs> all that is. He just says, I just want to get drunk, fucked up, and play some cards. <laughs> like, is it to a bag of sand? Like, why is that his go-to? <laughs> Even if he doesn't know, you surely, that's not your go-to guess. <laughs> the one that made me laugh almost as much as anything was him with the counsellor when he says, uh, is it true that if you don't use it, you will lose it? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else have a question? Um, I have uh, I have a question. I think some of the people here might be sexually inexperienced. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Is that a serious question? No, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> he, say, he says, uh, someone's like, uh, there's no such thing as stupid questions. And he asks, he's like, no, like, it's a stupid question. <laughs> um, She's like, do you actually think that? And he's like, no. Um, when he said they're talking about the shirt, he's like, "Is this shirt too yellow?" He's like, "No, no." But can you tell me what Curious George is like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not imagine the guy who plays Champ is in that um, like counselling section, isn't he? Yeah, because his, his, his character is great when he's uh, when his son's like a uh, I prefer intercourse. He really does. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says that I walked in on him performing some acts that would be illegal in certain states, and I just want to know how I can get my wife to do that. <laughs> The other dad is great as well. He's just sick of his kid. Yeah. Kid, anytime he says it, and then he's like, that scene ends, doesn't it, with the kid going, uh, do you know where I can get some extra, like, condoms? Yeah. Like, Seth, you have a tiny penis. <laughs> I did hate that kid, and he's only in it for about 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Andy said, I need some poon. I need some genital to genital, genital connection. <laughs> and when, uh, he gets given the box of porn and he's like, I, I don't do that much. You know, what masturbate is like, I've jacked it twice since I've been here. <laughs> well, you know, this is really gracious and kind and generous and everything, but I just don't want a big box of porn in my apartment. There's some really great stuff in here. Really great, great movies in here, man. Hey, did you ever see uh, School of Rock? Yeah. Well, this is, um, it's called School of, you know. Oh, like it. that's nice. But it uh, it stars uh, Jack Blackcock. Oh, that makes sense. Dude? Um, just like a weird, like another little one that makes me laugh is when uh, Elizabeth Banks, they're looking at Elizabeth Banks, like, oh, there's something wrong with her underwear. And uh, Seth Rose says, she had a knot in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he goes and gets in the bath. He? Yeah. <laughs> when they've established what wrong she is, he just carries on. Yeah, yeah I mean, but it, it is Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Well, she, when she's in the bath and he's like, that is graphic. Yeah. <laughs> when she says, uh, well, we can do it in a butt if you want. He's like, I don't, the, the butt, I don't, but what? Yeah. <laughs> and they just go in a little loop for about 30 seconds. Yeah. 
when she shoves the shower head up, I do remember as a as a young lad thinking, "This is out." <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my first thought, so it was no, I wasn't really critiquing the scene. Um, I'll be honest. Andy's saying, "What if she laughs at me?" And Kelsey said, "You punch her in the fucking head." <laughs> also, at the same time, he's like, "Yeah, just tell her," and then they they reenact it. She's like, "Right, that's good." At least I know you haven't got chlamydia. <laughs> Um, I know um, we, we sort of covered it, but just so we can actually get them in, just a couple of the ones that kill me about, like, the, you know, I know you're gay. The one is because uh, you like Coldplay, uh, <laughs> which made me laugh, even though I, I don't mind Coldplay. Uh, and also, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, do you know, I know you're gay. And he's like, how, how am I gay? And he's like, yeah, you see, you three times. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's one, I'm not sure if it's in just the unrated one, but he's like, do you know, you know, a day, because... Do you know how I know you're gay? Because your dick smells like shit. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> what about uh, him saying we got some really great movies in here, man? Hey, did you ever see School of Rock? What well, this is called, uh, well, you know. Saying <laughs> <laughs> it stars Jack Blackcock. <laughs> <laughs> There's another great one that I was trying to remember. Oh, him saying... Um, that was Jay's idea, and I wasn't going to say anything, but waxing your chest is the gayest thing you could possibly do. Look at me. Looks are not important. Look at me. I'm ugly as fuck by traditional standards. I get with women. Aren't you curious as to how that's possible? And Steve <laughs> Carragher is really defensive. I'm not ugly. If I did say you were. Also, I know it's, it's not a point, but when, like, I knew that that was, I knew that'd be a trivial about it being real, but it's just like it's just the blood coming out, like just, just underneath yeah. the nipple and stuff. Like, when he puts the shirt back on, you can just see it. I don't know how much they were paying him for this role, but I hope it was enough to make that worth it. That, <laughs> that looks horrendous. It looks agony, that doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I haven't even got a particularly airy chest, but you'd have to you'd have you'd have to put quite a few zeros on that number for me to let you. Oh, Arsenal scored offside. We um, I did mine before I went to Cavos, and it was excruciating. See, we all uh, one of before we went to Zambia when we were AC, one of the lads turned me on to to deep cream. Um, that's My hair's too thick, it doesn't work. Oh, I was going to say, that, that's, that's the way forward. You just get that on, sit out there for five minutes, get in the shower, and next thing you know, you're smooth, smooth as a baby. Unbelievable <laughs> product. Um, also, just as we're doing quotes, it's just uh, when they talk about their weekend. It's just like, yeah, I, I, we went to Tijuana, <laughs> Mexico, you know. Um, I thought it'd be fun. Oh, man. I had a weekend. Yeah. We went to uh, Tijuana, Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, and... We, we, we thought it'd be fun, you know, to go to this show. Everyone's, you got to check out one of these shows. And, you know, it's it's a woman fucking a horse. We get there, and, you know, we think it's going to be awesome. And it is not as cool as it sounds like it would be, man. It is, it's, it's kind of gross. Yeah. You think a woman fucking a horse, and you get there, and it's it's a woman fucking a horse. Yeah. It was really giving it to her. You know, to go to a show, everyone says you got to check out these shows, and it's a woman fucking a horse. We get there and we think it's going to be awesome, and it's, it's not as cool as it sounds. It's <laughs> like it's going to be, it's kind of gross. It's like you think a woman fucking a horse, but then it's a, a woman fucking a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Him, when he says, I have a very fulfilling life in that scene, and then goes through and he plays the tuba, Tony Hawk's pro skater, karaoke machine, and reads a comic, I thought he's had a pretty good day there. Yeah. <laughs> I have an enjoyable day. And then he chucks in a bit of on, then they're playing cards, they're like, Jesus, how much online poker do you play? And he's like, oh, just a couple of hours every night after I finish playing Halo. <laughs> <laughs> Any more, or should we go on to best scenes? 
yeah, a lot of my sort of best quotes and best scenes kind of lead into each other, to be honest. Well, I think the waxing scene is obviously one of the standouts. Yeah, most definitely. I think the whole speed dating thing is just classic. <laughs> it's like the poor Rod having an argument with his ex-girlfriend. It's brilliant. <laughs> when Seth Rogen tries saying out of order she is and then she says, like, I've changed my email address, I've changed my address, i moved away, and you're like, oh, I didn't know any of that. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Are you including in for the speed dating bit? Are we, are we including the, the argument with Jay's missus at the same time? Um, it's the same thing. Because if that's a separate scene, that's amazing. Like, with reference I'll just give it that its own. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's up there. That is just a great a, scene. Just a little like, minute. Um, it's, it's when he talks about cheating, when, he, when Jay has his little cry, and he talks about cheating on his girlfriend. He's like, yeah, I found, <laughs> found one of my condoms in the car. Yeah, do you know what I do? Like, it's just because I'm insecure. Um, <laughs> I like the car, the Leslie Mann car scene. It's quite funny as well. Yeah. So when he leaves the bar, and then she throws up on him, and he's like, "Did you have daiquiris?" Does <laughs> <laughs> yeah. also a highlight why she is the perfect one for the Leslie Mann Hall of Fame. Would you put? Best, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure of her name, but we'll, we'll find it. The older, the woman that Andy ends up going out with. Would you suggest her as an entrant? Oh, yeah, I was thinking this when we were watching it. I'm not having Trish myself, but no. I won't push back against probably, it too hard. I probably wouldn't, but she's close. Back then, not obviously what she looks like now, but this, this is what, 15, <laughs> in, like 15 in years the ago. film, yeah. No. I don't probably. feel like I'd put her in, but she, she'd get to like the ballot, but she just wouldn't quite get in, I don't think. I think oh, maybe sure. if it was as it was supposed to be from the start, then she would be a prime contender, but... The average is actually it's gone far, up. far higher than we expected <laughs> it to be. Yeah, because you named it after Leslie Mann. I got confused. I, I no, rate, I rate Leslie Mann is the perfect one for this. No, because I rate her higher than you do, so that's where the average has got thrown out. Keenan rates her highly. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if that's true, but she still fits the category perfectly. <laughs> no, the part about me rating her already is true. I'm telling you that. <laughs> that's yeah. the state of affairs. But to say, that for a fact. Yeah, to say it higher than me, I don't know if that's true. How many Hall of Fames have you named after her? But you've done it in an almost derogatory way. If you make a loop bar in Hall of Fame, I don't care what's in it. I'm not going to say what I put in that Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Only good things I know. You don't want me to blush on the podcast. <laughs> Other best moments and scenes then. Him booting the girl when she's on his toe is quite sensational. And him doing a small talk to Elizabeth Banks the first time around. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't say anything. Just ask a slightly rhetorical question in a different voice. Um, do you know what that, that scene reminds me of now? Like, it's when in the in-between is where Simon meets Carla. Uh, sorry, no, that's <laughs> the girl he ends up going out with. Um, and he's like, oh, she's fire every week. No, not every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just feel like in any pro- like in any program, like, yeah, just ask questions. So that's all you need to do is just ask questions. So it's just always slightly the same. What, what about um, best side character in this one? It'd be Paul Rudd for me. Jay for me. I think I'll give an honourable mention to uh, Moosh, who has two scenes that almost steal the show. The one where he's giving advice to Andy. 
He's going, it's not all about the buttholes and <laughs> dick pleasures. The, the dirty Sanchez. Uh, sorry. And he has that row with Jay, doesn't he, about stealing the commission. And w- yeah. Once again, I, I cannot repeat said scene because it does uh, escalate quickly. He yeah, says something like, like if, I, if I pull this sheath out of my socket, can I go back in until it's seen blood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great little cameo. Me jail run for me as well. I don't know if I can get away with it when he says uh, Jesse Jackson. He's a cause. Hello, Jesse Jackson. Uh, that always used, that made me laugh. Like, that made me laugh a lot before I really knew Jesse Jackson was. And how I know this even funny. But yeah, he's uh, good. He's a good so, little cameo. I, I would give the nod to Paul Rudd myself. I think he's yeah, great. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think. All the others are going to be us doing the category comparing them, so we can go straight into that. We'll go nice. from the start and just eliminate my own picks, so we've got a fresh template. All right, Keenan, we're going to go to you first. Well, Which done. did you prefer? Ooh. If you don't mind speaking up a little bit as well, that would be perfect. Yeah, sorry, I don't know why. I'm sat in my normal or my newfound position, so I don't know if my headphones are starting to give out on me or what, what the script is. Maybe um, I just turned my volume down because Sean was so loud. It could be a bit of both. Oh, so it could be that you've been texting me this just absolute nonsense for no reason. I, <laughs> I don't, hey, I don't want, no, it definitely is you being quiet. Okay, I, I, take, I, it, I take it back then. I don't um, want you to say any gems and not be credited. I'm 25, I've never said a gem in my life. Um, <laughs> Anchorman, but it's like a 51, 49%, 52, 48% sort of thing. Sean? Uh, Anchorman as well for me. I think I prefer it. I think as an actual film or movie, I think Four Year Old Virgin is, is the better kind of film, if you like, but in terms of enjoying, enjoyment, then yeah, Anchorman. TK? Yeah, I think they're both pretty much spot on to be honest. I think Keenan's probably right in his percentage and Sean is right. It's, it's a better film in and of itself for your version, but I've preferred Anchorman myself. It's weird how many times we've has come up already. Like, this is a better made film, etc. but the one I like is the, yeah, it's the yeah. other version. It, maybe it's a bad oh. reflection on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or it might just be that was, was fit for purpose. Like, Anchorman, it might just be a little bit easier to sit sit down with. For what it's worth, I preferred 40-year-old virgin, so uh, get that out of the way. On the record. Uh, rewatchability, Anchorman, got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. I think so. I yeah. imagine For you reasons have stated. prefer an Anchorman but think 40-year-old virgin was rewatched. Well, that would have been wicked. <laughs> um, most quotable? I think Anchorman, for, for, for me, it's Anchorman just on the basis of as we kind of talked about earlier, like the amount of, especially when we're younger, but also now there's lots of quotes that get referenced, not just one quote either. Um, so yeah, Anchorman for me. Your version is unlucky it's come up against this, I would say. So there is some very good quotes in there, but like I said, Anchorman is just a, especially a, is that well, a long, long quote, really. The higher seed is a 40-year-old version as well. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you can go against Anchorman on this one. No, agreed. Um, as for which one has the best quote, which would you pick? Oh, God, I'm trying to struggle to pick out which of the ones in Anchorman I thought was the best quote. 
too much competition. I went for 40-year-old virgin, and it was either the horse in Tijuana scene. The I've jacked it twice since being here. Had me as well. I also, think, I I just want to get drunk, fucked up, and play some cards. Was one of my favourites too. I think maybe the, my favourite. <laughs> my favourite uh, might be the back and forth between. Um, Andy and Jill and 40-year-old virgin the hurting for a squirt in hell for show. <laughs> that could be genuinely his character there's brilliant. It's the bit with Kevin it's the bit with Kevin Hart. Um, well, unfortunately I can't say it. But <laughs> yeah. if, anyone, if anyone's watching this yeah. if anyone listening to this and haven't haven't seen the film please go and just, just be YouTube that scene. Maybe I'll put a snippet in. Yeah, try and find the least offensive part of it. <laughs> yeah. See how brave you feel. <laughs> yeah. Sean? Um... F- for me, I'd go for Anchorman, and my favourite quote is the the Brian Van Tanner when he talks about his nicknames for the his dick and his test and his testes. Uh, <laughs> so that would be the one. But I said that there will forty year old version will probably come close to that as well. But if I had to pick one, obviously, which I do, then then yeah, yeah. Anchorman. As for best scene, Anchorman, I'd fight say the fight scene of Anchorman probably against the waxing scene, maybe in forty year old version. Yeah, I don't know if the I know we're obviously talking about this one, but I don't know if do you think the second film, the fight scene? Obviously, the second film wasn't as good, but the fight scene, the second film, I don't know if that was better than the first one. I can't remember the fight scene. I've literally only watched it once because I thought it was like bad. bad. I mean, it's very similar, uh, obviously, but yeah, the fight scene is a standout one against the against the waxing. So. Is is everyone saying the fight scene? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's an unassailable lead, Frank about here. Um, best side character. Out of my two picks, I would probably I'd give the nod to Jay over to Jay over Champ. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Sean. Uh. Well, I'm not, I'm not. Are we saying this is the thing? Or are we saying that members of the new crew are side characters or are they main characters? You're in a tricky spot there, aren't you? Because, for example, is Paul Rudd then for yeah, a main character yeah. and one and a side character in the other, or is he both? He's probably about level in both, and you'd say. So I've well, I'll, I'll I'll go on the basis that they're not. So I probably go for Ed Harkin across both of them. I also wrote down Baxter in here. Baxter can count the dog. <laughs> well, he's a good side character. Good, yeah. Uh, Arsenal are winning. There we go. So, uh, yeah, so I'll go for Ed Harkin. I'm going to go for Paul Rudd in uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah, if we're, if we're including them, then I'll, I'll go with that as well. Keenan, did we take your pick? He's a joke. Yeah, sorry. Well, carried away. See you there. Don't see Arsenal score very often. <laughs> Eddie tackled the keeper. Okay. You'd love to see that. You do. Alright. Bigger impact. Anchorman. Yeah, I would say Anchorman as well. Yeah, I think I'd... this one is. I think this one's camped to be Anchorman. 
I suppose the rest of them have been quite equal, but for me, this one's come to be Anchorman. I would say I, that, but I, I do think Four Volume was a big thing. Even just, I've never known a, a title of a film really is quite so prominent as that. Mm. People were talking about it in general. But yeah, for the sheer, if not, if, for nothing else, it's just for the sheer amount of quotes that fell out from Anchorman, and like you said, have carried on. Yeah. This, is actually, I think, is the hardest topic, and that's uh, originality. Oof. Yeah. Because as much as the concept of 40-year-old virgin in someone trying to lose their virginity isn't that complex of a comedy um, structure, but the way they did it... of the films we covered already. Yeah. The way they did it is in a completely different way to all of the others. Yeah, definitely. Not at least in fact that it's not a teen comedy. Well, it might be a teen comedy, but teens aren't the main characters as they are in all of the teen comedies. And then Anchorman, no one's really tended to do a film about <laughs> news no, presenters. I, I think it's Anchorman. I just... It's weird because Anchorman isn't that original in terms of if you take like a Will Ferrell movie as like a like a genre or something that yeah. is really but in terms of the concept of the film and that kind of thing then it probably does have to be it's kind of the opposite to what you said about 40 year version like that reasoning they flipped for both of them yeah like yeah so yeah I mean I'll probably go Anchorman because I'll class that as more original but yes yeah, it's, it's quite close did anyone pick 40 year old version before we continue do one, mm. one of these where I flip a coin and tell me the answer and I'll take it. Yeah, I think your reasoning's fair enough there, to be fair, Byron. Alright. So we have MVP over both films. Wrong Big way. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I don't think it's hard to go well, against Andy, You know, Andy can put up a good fight. When we get to, if we choose a select, like an overall MVP, when we've in the final, I would argue that Ron Bergen is just an automatic lock for the semis. He's probably <laughs> one of the best characters we're going to cover. Yeah. There's critics at the start, we're right about what Steve Carell did with Andy and Edda, where you did kind of root for him and like him. It wasn't just a, a 2D sort of, this guy's a loser. Yeah, yeah. He gets his rocks off. That is, they didn't do well with the character, but when you go going head-to-head with Ron, that's a tough gig. I actually think he's funnier when he's like this than he is when he's being completely ridiculous. So you're saying this isn't completely ridiculous? <laughs> I know it's all I know it's all relative, but like from the ridiculous hairstyle down to the shoes and every word that leaves his mouth, it's it's, it's all insane. I mean, um, Steve Carell. I mean, oh, I find sorry. Steve Carell funnier like this than I do him in, say, Bruce Almighty. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah, completely. When he, yeah, he, he can play a sort of semi-straight man well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. and it's more believable. Like, yeah, some you can have them playing like a normal guy, but it's still not that believable. Yeah, well, like Brick is funny a character as he is, for example, isn't is almost you know, non-existent. Yeah. Doesn't it? doesn't really exist to go like <laughs> that. If he does, he's kind of locked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, soundtrack. Then I think this is a, maybe another walkover. One, you got Afternoon Delight in Anchorman, and then, and then the soundtrack for Forty Year Old Virgin is pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
I didn't know if I was a disrespecting Anchorman, but I couldn't really think of much else in terms of soundtrack wise. You've even got Dizzy Rascal popping up in 40 Year Old Virgin (laughs) in the car when Leslie Man's driving. Got Hello, yep. Missy Elliott, get your freak on. Aquarius, obviously, at the end. Um, yep. little, little throwback to the 80s. Uh, I ran by a flock of seagulls. <laughs> uh, which also features in the wedding of Hangover 2. Oh. Got some TLC in there as well. It's a shame uh, the other guys have sort of ruined TLC for me because I just I now, can't, I, I now can't hear TLC without thinking about Michael Peter. Which do you think has the better ending? I'm going to go Anchorman purely because I sort of slated the, the ending to the 40-year-old version earlier when we were talking about cutting minutes away. I actually dislike the ending to both films. Really? Yeah. But we have this chat every other week and we about how it, the, the artist who can the comedies is to end, end them well. I don't think 40-year-old virgin is that hard to end, though. Well, you just send him off into the sunset, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And instead, you've got, you've got Jonah Hill getting sunstroke doing the MC Hammer dance. Yeah. I enjoy the uh, the Anchorman. I enjoy the, like, the end summary where the voiceover guy comes back and, and says what they all ended up doing, uh, where they go out next. So I quite enjoy that element to the ending. Yeah. Anchorman is an impossible one to end. Like, so, to be fair, where I've said that 40-year-old virgin is an easy one to end, Anchorman is near impossible to have a cohesive ending to, so I do simplify slightly. Yeah. Tricky as well with the 40-year-old virgin as well, though, I guess because the natural conclusions of this film, we all know where it's heading, really. So, in which case, I guess they've got to do something slightly different to kind of throw you off track. Even if they end it just as her saying, should we go again, then that is, that's fine. You can yeah. have credits for all there. And you could even have that same song. Even if you have, say, a break, so it cuts to black, and then you start again, and you have this whole scene where the credits are on, then that yeah. would be completely different as well. It's just a fact that it's one long thing. Yeah, well, he jumps, he jumps out of bed, doesn't he, and starts, and starts giving it. And I, I do think yeah. if they just cut it, like you say, that's, that's a much better... To be honest, just cut all of it out. I've said it before. And just, just get rid of it. It's awful. Um, <laughs> but if you do want to include it, yeah, then keep it as an end credit scene. What would you pick, TK? I'll I'll probably go with the four-year-old version, just because there is nothing to really do with with Anchorman. But I, I don't think it needs necessarily a good ending. I think it's one of those films. Yeah. And then finally, for chemistry, which do you think which film do you think has the best chemistry? Oh, tough one that is. I think both groups have quite good chemistry. Yeah, they really do. I'll go with Anchorman, but it's not with any great conviction. Yeah, I feel the same. I think partly because they do kind of make a point that their friends in Fort Yard Virgin aren't actually 
that great friends. They are just kind of conveniently put together through work. Because they work together, yeah, rather than they're much close, they seem much closer in Anchorman. Anchorman, you get outside of work, they're still having their little parties. 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so my, uh, my vote I'll would be for, Anchorman. I'd go for Anchorman as well. TK and Keenan? I've already said it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Keenan? So we've got an 8-3 win to Anchorman. A blowout. Surprising uh, how close or how good I think both films are. I thought that might be a lot closer. Mm. It's kind of the same as I felt for the last week, though, where I thought one film was better than the other, but the categories... Yeah, weighted towards their favour. Real star of the film, we've said for both, so I think... Kind of is Steve Carell, isn't it? And Ron Burgundy. Yeah. The, we have some good side characters, but not enough to... To actually steal it. No. It's iron- Ironically, it's, um, the side characters are all like so good, almost... It's almost like a football team that's a good team without standout individual. Yeah. They're almost not like too... Seth Green in, Super- in Sex Drive, where it is a quite clear standout star. Show stealer, yeah. Yeah. Um... Recasting one role, then this is this is a struggle. I wouldn't. I actually think I was trying to think of someone else that could have played Steve Carell's role. I actually think Ben Stiller is the only one that could have done it. You reckon? Well, because he is just like a normal-looking guy in the least disrespectful way possible. He just looks. He has no like overwhelming features so he just looks like it's, that's why he's perfect in Walter Mitty and he could probably have done that vulnerable Walter Mitty side and then just kind of amped it up a bit for the for the comedic parts of him yeah. being awkward and you can see he's being awkward in Walter Mitty Zoolander <laughs> he's got his own kind of thing going on there yeah he's kind of got a similar sort of thing obviously not virgin but meet, meet the parents meet the foggers he's got that sort of straight man sort of vibe doesn't he where yeah. everyone else he comes into interaction to he's kind of where shocked he, by with that role where he's intimidated by De Niro not yeah. as an actor but as in, in the character he gets the awkwardness across yeah definitely well. so he's, he's certainly got it in the locker um, um, I was thinking whether anyone could replace Trish and do you know how hard it is to find a normal looking woman of that age in Hollywood that isn't there to be like when you look at the people who are deemed to be your normal looking kind of person in Hollywood then it is kind of your yeah, Leslie Mann. Jennifer Lawrence well not even <laughs> her like what's deemed normal is like her Olivia Munn Kirsten Dunst That's that insane. kind of yeah. level is yeah. kind of who plays that role of Jennifer Lawrence in Hunger Games is meant to be that kind of yeah, exactly. and then yeah. so then you put them in actual like life, and that's not the case at all. Whereas, no, so I was trying to think of character. someone that could play the role of Trish, and I actually couldn't could, think of anyone that fits it. The one who could now, but obviously couldn't at the time, um, would be Marissa Tomei. So the role she plays in the new Spider-Man films, where she's just supposed to be this slightly dowdy aunt, even though she's still like an absolute like. That's a good shout, actually. Even though she's still ridiculously attractive, but she's, yeah. supposed, she's supposed to be like his normal everyday, like his nice Aunt May. She she could come in and do that. That is actually a very good show. 
Did you know her name or did you have to IMDB at first? No, I knew her name. She's in, um, she was in, I think she was in the first Bad Boys film. No, I, that's Charlie's Theron. Um, <laughs> I, I did know her name, but I can't remember what else I've seen her. She's in Crazy Stupid Love with Steve Carell as well, so you've got that there. I've never seen that. Good film. If the cast swapped, which film works best? Just, I, just before we go into it, this is probably the this is probably the week that this has worked best for. Yeah, agreed. It's a, it's a direct four piece against a direct four piece. Um, you could have Paul Rudd, like I mean, if you wanted to mix it up and say, oh, I'll take Paul Rudd and swap him for Champ, probably couldn't get it to work. Um, but if you want to swap Paul Rudd for Paul Rudd. They both fill the same sort of role in the group. They do. I, I think. Does Will Ferrell have to play a virgin? Best. <laughs> no, there's no way you can believe that puppet. <laughs> you know he's like, you know he's out there. <laughs> I think I think Anchorman works better. What with uh, and uh, with Steve Carell going in to play Ron? Yeah, you can. Well, even any of them, you can, you, you can put Seth Rogen quite easily slots in as one of the side men. So yeah, I'd take that over. Two hours of Will Ferrell making virgin jokes, that would be horrendous. It does kind of go back to your thing you said that you can't imagine too many people capable of playing Steve Carell's role no. in Four Year Old Virgin. That probably is what wins it, I think. And if you look at all of the best Will Ferrell films, then they are kind of this length. Will Ferrell in a Jed Apatow film would be brutal. <laughs> Because like two hours twenty of his jokes, they wouldn't yeah. be funny by the end. I suppose it takes on that premise that everyone says you just take it's just a one or all. Like it sounds like I'm doing him a disservice for the films he's in and how much I enjoy him. But an almost one-dimensional character, or one direction, one direction. Sorry, you know where it's going. Yeah. Um, there's there's not a lot of complexity to it, but he just just knocks that out for for ninety minutes and it's almost perfect. Yeah. If you add Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, does the movie improve? Well, one you've already got him in. Yeah. I think Vince Vaughn can take Seth Rogen's role in 40-Year-Old Virgin. I can see him in Jay's role. I I can see your arguments for both. It's, it's harsh on Seth Rogen that they're all meant to be the same age, and Seth Rogen is 20 years younger than the group of people that he's deemed the same age as in this film, and it doesn't look out of place. 20 years? 20? That's what IMDb tells me. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's only yeah. 40 now, isn't he? And that was 15 Jeez. years ago that came out. Um, That's I insane. Like Vince Vaughn more in... The, the Seth Rogen one because I just like because again he, he just gets to be that outward confident bloke who just gets to throw a few quotes around yeah if you don't like well, Command 2 as Vince Vaughn's team it might have been more of a hit I feel like he was underutilised in the film as great as it is probably one you of them you where they just you called, him a, to. called in a favour no. yeah yeah for sure I think it's they've just finished old tour his <clears throat> Excuse me, it's Will Ferrell and McKay are coming back together. It's the same. It's the sort of the same reason they probably Wilson. Just finished wrapping it. In. Obviously, quite like working with him. Less, less probably for ten minutes if you've got a day. Yeah, yeah. So he's, maybe doing a... dodge, he's doing dodgeball at the exact same time. He's a busy yeah. man. 
But in a different but, version of the film, possibly he's like that he's the main antagonist and he's the rival news station rather than it being um Corningstone. Like possibly then he's yeah. in it more. Imagine that months apart you've got Anchorman and Dodgeball hitting your cinemas. You know some of what we sit through these days. Well we've said before, oh three to twenty ten was was just gold. Oh eight, the golden age. Oh yeah, oh eight's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But it's because of what it's what JB said on the interview. It's because yeah. why make why make millions when you can make billions? Yep. That's why. Yeah. Something Truth. I'm surprised Sean hasn't mentioned. Does Kevin Hart enter the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame here? I was thinking no, because I was thinking about this earlier, and I figured if it was Ke- if the film was now and Kevin Hart was in it, he'd, I'd more likely say yeah. But I didn't know if Kevin Hart was big at that time or whether he's just kind of in it as he's just kind of an extra trying to get into acting. So therefore, he wouldn't be in it. So would you take Would you take Vince Vaughn in Anchorman or Ben Stiller in Anchorman? Ben Stiller over Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn pops up again, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then didn't we put what's his face in there last week? Was it Ron Barker? Is it Bob Barker? Bob Barker. Yeah, I was against that. I had I had alternatives. It's, I don't know. It's, I think Kevin Hart probably does fit the billet, doesn't he? It's a cameo. Yeah. I think Kevin Hart is the is the one. The retrospective entry. Do you know was he big at the time? No, I don't think so. I reckon he was. Just... It's just if we're, watch, it if we're watching this, if we're watching this when it was out, are we thinking, oh, it's Kevin Hart? It's still a cameo, cameo either way, though. It's just a cameo to well, say, well, I'm yeah, yeah. Kevin Hart to to enter is because this is more. That's all he's more impressive that he's gone on to be quite yeah, his little, little scandal, but he's one of the biggest stars in the world, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think yeah. that just about wraps us up for today. If you, as I said, tune in next Wednesday, we've got the interview with Chris Williams dropping. And if you tune in for next Friday's episode, we've got a Battle of the Stoner comedies with Ted against Harold and Kumar. But anyway. Thanks again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. We'll be back next week. Ciao.